You could look at it as the Bruins have won one of their last six games, or you could look at it as though the Bruins earned three out of a possible four points against the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Washington Capitals over the weekend with a pretty easy schedule on tap. Let's get into that in a moment. But first, let me welcome you to episode 36 of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. My name is Ian McLaren, and I'm your host of this daily podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. Uh, if you'd like to follow the show on Twitter, you can do so at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also find me at ENC McLaren. And please download... Uh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. And please also tell your Boston Bruins loving friends and family members about the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast uh, so they can get their daily fixed of the spoke to be as well. Uh, as I mentioned off the top, we'll take a quick look back at um, Saturday's 3-2 shootout loss to the uh, Washington Capitals. If you missed uh, the recap of Friday's win over the Maple Leafs uh, that was published on Friday night. You can uh, take a look at that, episode 35. Um, we'll also just take a quick look ahead at uh, Bruins' week ahead, uh, as well as the Atlantic Division power rankings, and um, a quick look at some news and notes from around the NHL. Uh, before we get into all that, let me just talk to you for a moment about DoorDash. Treat yourself to the meal you deserve and have your favorite restaurants come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when they download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDON. If you can't visit DoorDash right now, you can find this and all other offers from LOCKEDON sponsors at LOCKEDONPODCASTS.COM slash offers. So back to Saturday's loss to the uh, Washington Capitals. It was a game I felt um, the Bruins were lucky to get a point out of, uh, to be honest. They uh, were outshot in this one. Yaroslav Halak made 42 saves. Uh, Charlie Coyle and David Pasternak scored the goals for the Bruins, uh, who did have a three, sorry, a 2-1 lead heading into the final minute of the game, but a failed clear with Washington uh, having pulled Braden Holtby, extra attacker on the ice. TJ Oshie was able to score with 58.0 seconds left on the clock, uh, sending the game to overtime uh, where nothing was decided. It was a pretty entertaining um, three-on-three overtime. Uh, nothing was decided there. And then the Bruins uh, fell in the shootout um, after they were unable to score more than once in the shootout. Uh, just looking at hockeystats.ca where I I like to look after games to get a a sense of the uh, possession charts the Bruins had uh, 45 shot attempts in all situations the Capitals had 66 so that's a pretty decisive 59% to 41% uh, difference if we look at uh, just 5 on 5 play the difference was 47 to 31 so even 60-40 split there so um, the Capitals clearly uh, dominated possession in this game the Bruins did have a chance to escape with the outright regulation victory uh, which would have been impressive considering all the injuries that they had 
but the Caps ultimately came out on top, and the Bruins were able to steal the one point, but um, the two points would have been nice, uh, which is something Charlie Coyle reiterated after the game. He said, you want two points, you take all the points you can get, but we want to be able to shut the door there when you have the lead like that, that late in the game. Especially for Lack, he played so well. You want to end things on a good note for him. He kept us in the game. And Halak definitely was a story on this night. Charlie McAvoy, he said he was the best player on the ice, deserved better, made some highlight reel saves, and kept us in the game and gave us a chance. I really wish we could have won that for him. Speaking of Charlie McAvoy, I thought that this was probably his uh, one of his strongest games of the season. I won't say definitively, but um, he played uh, exceptional hockey, in my opinion. He had uh, two assists. He was throwing the body around. He had uh, a very impressive uh, back check to thwart uh, an op- a opportunity from um, Alex Ovechkin. I believe that was in the third period. He uh, Let's just look at his complete stat line. He played a team-high 23 minutes and 23 seconds. The two assists. Uh, he didn't have a shot on goal, which you'd like to see more of, but he did have uh, the two hits. Oh, sorry, yeah, two hits, uh, two giveaways, two takeaways. Uh, just an impressive performance from him. I think we'd like to see more offense, uh, more shot attempts from him, but uh, all around a very strong game for Charlie McAvoy, who I think uh, still has the opportunity to take his game to another level. Um, but a really uh, encouraging game from him i mentioned the shootout woes the bruins are now 0-4 in shootouts uh three losses in the shootout in their last four games uh coil scored to give them a a lead but um they weren't able to get more than one the capitals got two hence they're winners he has boston's two shootout goals on the season they're now two for 16 as a team um Pasternak, after the game, he said, definitely hasn't been our strength. We weren't able to pull the wind out. It sucks. Don't know. Shootouts are usually 50-50, but it's probably 20-80 right now for us, um, which is, uh, yeah, unfortunate for the Bruins, obviously. Uh, just going back to McAvoy, I mentioned how he played really well. Bruce Cassidy singled him out as a player that he liked uh, on the night. Uh, Cassidy said he was terrific. Level of competition tends to bring out the best in Charlie. We certainly saw that last night. We needed it against a heavier group. He took the challenge head on, played a lot of minutes. I thought he was excellent. Uh, Up the ice at the right time, defending at the right time, not being vulnerable to a serious counterattack from a team that can finish. Um, Wasn't putting himself in bad spots. Uh, As much as he was involved in the game, there wasn't much risk. So that's a sign that... Uh, that he's growing as a player, uh, which is a really high praise for McAvoy. And again, he, he's still a young defenseman in this league, and I believe uh, his best, uh, we haven't seen nearly uh, his best. Uh, so uh, hopefully that's a sign of things to come for this season, uh, the rest of the season. Uh, Patrice Bergeron was a surprise scratch with a lower body injury that he aggravated Friday in Toronto. Uh, Cassidy kind of... Uh, for those of us up here in Ontario, we're familiar with load management with Kawhi Leonard and the Toronto Raptors last year. Um, they didn't want it to linger, so they didn't want him to play on the second of a back-to-back. We want to be careful. We don't know missing four or five games or something. 
Uh, Paul Carey was recalled in his absence, and he suited up for his 100th game. Bergeron joined Jake DeBrusque, Tori Krug, Brett Ritchie, and John Moore. Uh, they all skated on Saturday morning, but were not able to play. And then David Backus, Kevin Miller, Carson Kuhlman, Zach Senishin all remained off the ice. Um, on su- Sunday, Paul Carey and Vakaninen, Yerho Vakaninen, as well as uh, who else was sent back? Somebody else was sent back. Uh, so it's kind of a uh, good sign that some players might be on track to play Tuesday against the New Jersey Devils. But uh, it may also just be a paper move for cap, uh, salary cap purposes. And we'll get a better sense of that, um, I guess, Monday and Tuesday as to if anyone's recalled and um, uh, what the lineup may look like for Tuesday's game. Uh, oh, Trent Frederick. He was the other guy who was sent down. Um, so those carry back and out in it and uh, Frederick were all sent down on Sunday. So that might pave the way for hopefully perhaps Krug, Bergeron, and maybe Richie to play on, on, uh, on Tuesday. But if somebody is, uh, brought back up in between then, then that will uh, obviously mean, uh, somebody can't go. Um, so yes, yeah, so that was Saturday's game against the Washington Capitals. Not um, the result that we wanted to see. They could have had the game. Uh, as we mentioned, they, they dropped the tying goal with less than a minute left. Shootout struggles uh, continue to be a problem. Uh, they have lost now. Yeah, they lost to Washington. They lost to uh, Florida on November 12th, and they lost to Philadelphia on the 10th, all in a shootout. That's three straight shootout losses on home ice. Uh, coming up this week, it's a bit of an easier schedule, knock on wood. Uh, they play the New Jersey Devils uh, in New Jersey on Tuesday. Then they're at home to the Buffalo Sabres on uh, Thursday. The Sabres have cooled off a bit uh, after their hot start. And uh, although they won on Saturday uh, against, uh, I can't remember who they're playing, but, and then they're playing Minnesota at home on uh, Saturday. Minnesota at present is the Worst team in the NHL. Um, the Sabres have fallen down to uh, fourth in the Atlantic, which we'll get into in a few minutes with our Atlantic Division Power Rankings. And New Jersey, uh, they are uh, near the bottom of the Eastern Conference with only 18 points through 17 games. So that's the look at the week ahead. The Bruins could easily come out with uh, three wins, uh, getting back on track here. Even going two and one would be would be a great uh, step forward for this team. Um, so yeah, that's a look at the week ahead uh, coming up here. Let's uh, take a look at the Atlantic Division power rankings and see where the Bruins stack up against their divisional opposition at this point in the season. All right, it is Monday, which means it's time for the Atlantic Division power rankings, where I will rank the Atlantic Division teams from eight to one to see who's on top, who is rising, who's falling. And uh, as has become a trend early on in the season, the seven and eight positions are a bit of a coin toss between the Ottawa Senators and the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, but I'm going to give number eight spot to the Detroit Red Wings this week. They've played uh, 22 games. They have a record of seven, 12, and three. 
for 17 points, which is tied with the Senators, but they have played two more games. Therefore, they have a lower point percentage at 386. They also have uh, the Red Wings. This is a league uh, low goal differential of minus 30, which is, uh, yeah, just pretty awful uh, at this point in the season. Uh, The next lowest team is the Los Angeles Kings and the New Jersey Devils, who the Bruins will play here on Tuesday, and they're at minus 19. So that's a full 12 goals uh, allowed more than the next uh, worst team. So just a terrible start for the Detroit Red Wings, although they have picked things up in recent games with after the addition of Robbie Fabry. Uh, but clearly a lot of work to be done in Detroit uh, under new general manager Steve Eiserman. So coming in seventh will be the Ottawa Senators. They've played 20 games. They have a record of 8-11-1. Again, 17 points level with the Red Wings, but they have two games in hand and a 425 point percentage. They've also only have a minus 10 goal differential, so quite substantially better than the Red Wings, uh, giving them uh, a leg up in that category. Um, they actually have a winning record over their last 10 games, 6-4, and four, uh, whereas the Red Wings are 4-4-2, four, four and two, so they're both coming on a little bit, but um, still uh, quite a ways down in terms of uh, the Atlantic Division standings. Coming in sixth is a team I, I didn't expect to be down this low. I, I think they were there last week, actually, but uh, we're going to put the Toronto Maple Leafs there again this week. They're 9-9-4, and four, uh, 22 points in 22 games for an even 500-point uh, percentage. They do have a negative goal differential which uh, of minus 6, which is pretty sad for a team with that kind of uh, offensive firepower up front. Yes, they are missing uh, Mitch Marner. They've also received injuries to uh, Alex Kerfoot, uh, Trevor Moore to a lesser extent um, of impact there. Uh, I think he was injured in the Bruins game on Friday. Uh, But as we'll get into here in a few minutes when we go through news and notes from around the league, uh, the Maple Leafs, are uh, a team in turmoil calls to trade the trade William Nylander or uh, other impact players to shore up the defense. There's also been calls to fire Mike Babcock, uh, their head coach. Uh, they have, what did I see? They have only six regulation wins this season and they've all come against teams that are pretty bad. Be the aforementioned Senators and Red Wings, uh, also the Kings and Wilds, who are two of the worst teams in the NHL right now, and San Jose and Columbus, who have gotten off to uh, slow starts in their own right. So not impressive uh, competition that the uh, Maple Leafs have beaten so far this season, and uh, we'll see if any changes are coming based on how the team is playing right now. Over their last 10 games, they are uh, 3, 5, and 2. They have now lost four in a row. And uh, let's see who they have coming up to see if their schedule will get any easier. This week, they're playing the Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, they're actually embarking on a... Oh, they're on in the middle of a 
six-game road trip right now, so the longest road trip of the season. Presumably they have lost to Pittsburgh 6-1 on Saturday. Now they're heading to Vegas, then Arizona, then Colorado, and then Detroit and Buffalo. Uh, and then they won't return home until the 30th of um, November. So this could be a, a season-defining road trip for the Maple Leafs. And um, some pretty high level of competition over the next three games at least. Um, so could be make a break for Babcock and co over the next few games. Number five spot. I'm putting the Buffalo Sabres. They are 10, seven and three, 23 points in 20 games win point percentage of 575, And they have a, uh, even goal differential. Um, I believe they have lost eight of their last nine games. Uh, after that strong start that had them, you know, up in near the top of the Atlantic Division. Uh, they were at the top of the Atlantic Division, near the top of the Eastern Conference. I believe they were even at the top of the NHL standings at one point. Uh, but they've taken a dramatic step back, which isn't all unexpected for the Buffalo Sabres. Not exactly a powerhouse in recent years. Uh, they're 2-6-2 two, and two in their last 10 games. And so they have fallen back to the fifth spot. In the Atlantic Division uh, power rankings for this week, I had mentioned earlier this season their PDO was quite high, which is the uh, adding save and shooting percentage at five on five play. They were at once the top team thanks to um, some stellar goaltending from uh, Carter Hutton. They're now ranked 16th at 100.6, so kind of where you'd expect them to be. with the view that you know all teams should regress to around 100 at some point with 10% shooting percentage, 90% save percentage is kind of the average. Uh, they're also a 49.24 Corsi 4 percentage, uh, which means they're um, marginally being out-attempted game in and game out. So uh, this is kind of what the Sabres are going to be moving forward, just about uh, 500 or above, fighting for a playoff spot. Uh, number four team is the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, they've only played 17 games, which is uh, the fewest among all NHL teams. They have a total of 20 points in those 17 games for a uh, 588 point percentage. They also have a plus four goal differential, uh, plus five goal differential, sorry. They're five, four, and one their last 10 games. Definitely not the powerhouse that they were in the past or on the ice at least, they should be on paper. Not much has changed in terms of the roster composition, Uh, but they're kind of finding their way after that disappointing end to last season. Uh, The goaltending hasn't quite been there uh, up to Vasilevsky's standards. And um, so this team is kind of just finding its way, um, not putting maybe as big of a priority on regular season success, but... They do need to um, get it going at some point in order to secure a playoff spot at the very least. Right now, they're out of the playoff picture. Four points back of the Philadelphia Flyers for the second wildcard spot and five points back of the Florida Panthers for third in the Eastern Conference, albeit again with those games in hand, having only played 17 games. Speaking of the Panthers, they're the third team in the Atlantic Division power rankings at this point. They've played 20 games, 10-5-5, five, five, 625 uh, point percentage, 
we're all very well familiar with the Panthers right now. Uh, still thinking about that blown lead by the Bruins last week. They were up 4 nothing and ended up losing to the Panthers. Um, I said on Twitter over the weekend that this team is being backed by uh, Sergei Bobrovsky's pretty paltry uh, save percentage at the time of that tweet. It was uh, 880. It's now up to 882. Uh, so if they even get average goaltending from Bobrovsky over the rest of the season, their playoff positions should be secure and they could even rise to second in the Atlantic, I, th- I feel. Um, they're, they're a pretty good team. The defense needs to be tightened up a bit in front of Bobrovsky, to be fair to him, but still, um, uh, if he steps up his game even marginally, they could be a team to be reckoned with. Coming in at number two is the Montreal Canadiens. They're 20 games in, 11, 5, and 4. Uh, 650 point percentage, plus 9 goal differential. Uh, they have a uh, positive Corsi percentage, they're actually fifth in the NHL with 52.46. I should mention the Leafs are uh, 53.7, and that's good for second in the NHL. I was talking to Allison L. from uh, The Athletic over the weekend uh, on Twitter, and I asked her about the difference between uh, Corsi percentage and XG, which is expected goals for. Um, She boiled it down to Corsi is shot quantity and XG is shot quality. Uh, so the Maple Leafs, as an example, they are getting uh, shot attempt quantity with 53.7 Corsi percentage. That's second in the NHL. But when it comes to expected goals for, they are uh, 24th with a uh, percentage of 48.3, uh, which means they're getting a quali- quantity of shot attempts, but not a large amount of quality shot attempts. So that is keeping them down as well. Um, it's not enough these days to just take into account shot quantity, but also where the shots are coming from. If you're getting a billion shot attempts from the point or far out uh, below the dots, uh, that obviously doesn't mean as much as if you're getting shot attempts from right in the slot, for example. So the Canadians, um, their XG right now is... Um, Let's see here. They're 12th in XG, uh, 4 percentage, 51.51. So they're getting quality attempts as well as a large quantity of attempts, and that's certainly helping. And obviously um, having Gary Price backing them up um, will always be a benefit. Shea Weber is playing really well uh, too these days, and um, kind of that trade for Subban is looking like a positive for them at this point. Um, so we'll see if they can continue, uh, surprising, uh, nobody thought the Canadians or even the Panthers would be in the second and third spot. Everybody kind of assumed it would be a mixture of Boston, Tampa, and Toronto in those top three spots. Um, so if the Canadians can keep up this aggressive offense and the Panthers get improved goaltending, it could be a very, uh, interesting uh, roller coaster ride down the stretch here uh, in the Atlantic Division. Coming in number one, we'll put our Boston Bruins as well. They have a record of 12, 3, and 5 through 20 games, 29 points, which is three more than the second place Canadians. 725 win percentage, a uh, plus 17 
goal differential, which is uh, tied for tops in the NHL with the Washington Capitals and the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, in terms of the Bruins' underlying stats, they are 12th in Corsi percentage at 51.12. In XG, they are 15th at 50.37. That's something that could improve for this team, the amount of quality uh, shots that they're generating. Uh, they are 4th in PDO with a 102.6 mark. Um, that's being buoyed by their... Um, stellar goaltending from Halak and Rask, and I would expect that they would be higher end of the PDO spectrum going forward because they have the luxury of two starting quality goaltenders. Um, they have uh, stumbled a bit in recent games with a 5-2-3 and three record over their last uh, 10 games, but as I mentioned earlier, they have uh, a very winnable schedule this week, so hopefully they're able to bounce back and, and really take hold of the Atlantic Division. Uh, power rankings heading into next Monday. So again, that's Detroit, Ottawa, Toronto, Buffalo, Tampa Bay, Florida, Montreal, and Boston for your Atlantic Division power rankings this week. If you disagree vehemently or have any feedback, please at the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins, or you can email LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com. To finish things off today, as we do every day, we'll Take a quick look around the NHL at some news and notes. I mentioned the Sabres lost again on Sunday. Uh, the Blackhawks beat them 4-1. They have now won four games in a row. Uh, Kirby Dak, a uh, talented rookie for them, uh, helping lead the charge with two goals. Jack Eichel, uh, of note, he scored all four goals for the Buffalo Sabres. And I believe he's on pace for a 50-goal season. So uh, if they do fall short of the playoffs, it's... No um, fault of his at this point. He's really trying to put the team on his back and lead the charge for the uh, for the Sabres. He now has 13 goals, which is four back of our league leader, who remains David Pasternak. He's got 17. Leon Dreisaitl with 16. McDavid, Matthews, and Alex Ovechkin with 14. And then Brad Marchand, Nathan McKinnon, Jack Eichel with 13 goals. Uh, I should mention our points leaders as well. Marchand and Pasternak were once 1-2 uh, in this race. They've fallen back uh, as the pair of Edmonton Oilers are starting to run away with things. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl has 43 points in 22 games. Connor McDavid has 40 points through 22 games. Uh, John Carlson is third with eight goals and 24 points for 32 points. And that is... The exact same total as Mershand, who has 13 goals, 19 points, sorry, 19 assists, and Pasternak was 17-15 for 32 points. Um, they have played fewer games than Carlson, so Mershand and Pasternak are third and fourth in terms of average points per game, uh, but the Oilers duo is, is really running away with it at this point. Um, I mentioned Robbie Fabry's impact on the Red Wings. Um, they have recorded three wins and two overtime shootout losses since he joined the roster. So a pretty impressive 3-0-2 record for the Red Wings uh, in Fabry's tenure so far. He's had six points during that period, so that looks like a pretty solid addition for Steve Eiserman, despite the fact that they remain um, at the bottom of the uh, Atlantic Division standings. 
Another note from the Rangers, they demoted center Leas Anderson to Bridgeport. You may remember Anderson as the Swedish center who threw his silver medal into the stands at the World Junior Championship a couple years ago. Speaking of Anderson, however, there was a rumor floating around um, from Larry Brooks of the New York Post saying that Anderson could be floated in a deal to the Oilers for Jesse Pogliarvi, kind of a swap of troubled prospects. Um, seems like a logical move, but uh, it sounds like the Rangers still do believe in him and uh, could just be hoping to see a spark from the demotion and, and perhaps um, he'll be recalled and play a bit better. Uh, the deadline to get Pugliarvi back to the NHL is December 1st, so fast approaching. If he's not signed before then, he's not allowed to play in the NHL this season as an RFA. Uh, so um, we'll see if a trade happens prior to that time if not he'll stay over in Finland for the rest of the year the Maple Leafs as I mentioned are uh, speculated to be making a move to spark some things there was a a column in the Toronto Star saying that this is from Rosie DeMano in the Toronto Star saying that the team would be better served trading William Nylander than replacing Mike Babcock as head coach Um, it seems like there definitely needs to be a spark either way whether the team has it's kind of a, a tough situation right now because Kyle Dubas had promised William Nylander that he wouldn't be traded when he was signed last year and that the core players of Matthews, Tavares, Marner, Nylander would remain together. Um, so if he does trade Nylander, that could develop some distrust among the players. Uh, there's also rumblings that Babcock isn't very well liked. Um, and so um, if... He's fired. That might uh, do better for kind of the locker room. So we'll see which uh, which way they decide to go. If they do decide to fire by Babcock, that might give the impression that the players are blameless and that, um, you know, give the young guys a bit too much power in the room. Uh, so it's a bit of a tricky situation for, for Kyle Dubas at this point. A relatively inexperienced general manager, and it's a big test for him coming up as to how uh, he'll handle this uh, moving forward. Um, So yeah, that's today's show, episode 36 in the books. Thank you for joining the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast today. I am Ian McLaren, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, delivering uh, daily Boston Bruins content to your ear holes. Thank you for listening again today. Please tell your friends about the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Uh, Download rate and review the show wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, yeah, we'll be back tomorrow to tee up Tuesday night's game against the New Jersey Devils. Have a good one, friends. Talk to you tomorrow.